Greetings. Greetings. Good afternoon. Look at my email. Look at your email. Yeah. You know we the we podcast have, has started. I know, but we have to oh. have a frame because you think that you don't talk as long as you do, but you can run your mouth. Don't nobody talk as much as you. Lies. Um, I go by the name of Lenard. Yes, that's his real name. Tell him your real name. Lenard. Tell him your government name. Charlemagne the God McKelvey. That's not your middle name. And this is Angela Rye. Angela Teresa Rye. A T R, and uh, this is the sibling rivalry podcast episode two. You never know if people really want this stuff or not. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. It's well, I just, I just, I just, I can we all just get along? (laughs) Well, we get. I mean, the first episode got a lot of listens. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I I just like reading comments because comments are so funny to me. There's nothing that keeps you. More humble than comments on social media. And also, they don't have to break you, though. They can kind of break you. They don't bit. break me. You know they what? might not break you, but they break me. I'm a little softer. My daddy said... I actually think that you're kind of soft, too. You just... It, you show up as... Like angry when you're when you're hurt. It's just all about perspective, though. My father used to always tell me, "You're never as good as they say you are, and you're never as bad as they say you are." And that's just the truth to the matter. So for yeah. every for every five people that say yes, do more sibling rivalry podcast. It'll be one person. One person had a funny comment. He said, he said, he said, "Yo." Um, what the fuck did he say? Why did he said, Why did you bring up what he said? But you don't remember. He goes, "Yo, I listened to this whole thing, top to bottom." From minute whatever to minute whatever. And I can honestly say I'm cool on this. <laughs> you know, we don't need no more. We good. Wait, and he, he set you up so good. Like, it was going to be like, this is the best thing I ever heard. that's funny. You laugh. You know no, what I'm saying? No, it is. That is funny. I think for me, um, what really inspires me to want to do this is I think that we have such um, like transparent, authentic, vulnerable conversations. And mm-hmm. they really go across the board. They're political. They're about race and what's happening in this country. They're about how we move the culture forward. They are about our arguments where you say you don't want to fight, but you really do. They are therapy, like when we need therapy mm-hmm. or what we got out of therapy, mm-hmm. lessons we got from parents, like this about everything. And so to me, I'm like, my privilege is that everybody doesn't have a brother like you, even if you get on my nerves mm-hmm. most of the time. Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. What about Tuesday and Thursday? You okay on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy doing it. Yeah. For all of those reasons that Angela Rogers said. She has an email that she sent out because she wants shit to have structure. Yeah. It'd be so that we can talk about things that need to be discussed, and then we can move on. That is the beauty of you, though. You're a great organizer. Well, thanks. You know what I'm saying? And I keep telling you, use your gifts. Yeah, but I think that the problem I have with you is you are too, and you have really good ideas when you like apply yourself and you're not picking in your nails when I'm talking to you. I'm listening. Whatever. Anyway, the point is, you will too if you try, and you always think I have time. I don't have time to do all this stuff. See, I'm gonna you can about, help. Let me tell you how teams work, right? Like, you can have, like, I might, I have the ideas, you have the organizational no, skills. No, no, no. You don't have all the ideas. Yeah, you have ideas, you know what I'm saying? But you also got the organizational skills. So, you are, I'm an executor, but you're the executor that puts it on paper and does the structure and all of that good stuff. But I don't think I should have to. I think we need a producer. I think you need to stop fronting on the gifts that God gave you. You have impact strategies. What do impact strategies do? It pays me to do what you're, I'm doing for free for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about organi- organization and strategy. No, it's a, yeah, it's about strategy, political advocacy, and social impact work. So where are we starting with this? What are we doing? Well, how about we talk a little bit about 
2020. The presidential election? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of sick of it already. Yeah. Just a little bit. Tell me why. Because I'm just ready for the real action. This ain't the real action right now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just kind of sparring. You know, people aren't really putting policy ideas on the table. Some of them are. I think Julian Castro just um, dropped like an immigration plan and started talking more about why this whole open borders nonsense that Trump's views is dangerous and ridiculous. I think Mm -hmm. there's some. Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth um, Warren definitely always has policies. Yeah. Always. Yeah. 100%. That, I think that's her strong suit. I just don't know that, you know, she should be the person. I don't have, I'm not, I haven't picked a horse, so to speak. Um, I like Elizabeth Warren, too. I don't think she should be president, though. Yeah, I think she should have another. I think uh, she's a fire senator. Cabinet appointment. Or even a cap, I mean, a, 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 not a cap. She wasn't an, uh, she didn't have a cabinet appointment before, but she did have a presidential appointment during the Obama years. Um, what was it? Wasn't it a CFPB? I don't know. I don't even know what the hell that means. CFPB. <laughs> CFPB was the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. They stood that up. Let me see. I'm gonna look right now. You just in here talking like we know that type of jargon. You, I'm sorry. So anyway, I'm not. I'm, I'm not, I'm not you ben do Carson, know, but I don't know what that was. First of all, <laughs> so before we talk about anything else with 2020, can we please talk about Ben Carson? Let's talk about our nigga Big B from the D. Wait a minute. <laughs> um. Yeah, she was. She okay. she proposed and established. She what established the whole the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. We know that most agencies, most in, most industries, work to um, t- really, frankly, take the money of people, um, okay. take advantage of folks, aren't looking out for the consumer's best interest. We are the consumers if we're the purchasers except of goods and services. The CFPB um, was st- stood up to ensure that consumers also have protections in any number of things, financial transactions, um, the ways in which they engage with industries, et cetera. So that's the short, easiest version. But she stood it up, and that was her idea. That's kind of dope. So, listen, I think she always has good ideas, and I think she's one of the few people I hear. Well, that's actually. one that was executed, yeah, and yeah. Obama appointed her. You know what I would wish? You know what I wish, though? I wish all of them would, like, form, like, the Avengers, and just all the people who got the best ideas just put those ideas on mm. the table. And whoever ends up being the the Democratic yeah. you know, nominee for president, like they have all of these different ideas that were great. Because I think yeah. everybody, like I think, you know, Tim Ryan with what he's doing with social emotional learning is great. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I like, you know, some of the things Senator Kamala Harris puts on the table. I like a lot of the things Elizabeth Warren puts on the table. I like some of the things Bernie puts on the table. Yeah. How about everybody just come together and share their ideas? If I was running for president, I'd be stealing all the best ideas from everybody. And- well, I think that's ultimately what a primary does, right? Yeah. Like the things that, um, that you like when somebody gets knocked out, you can take them um, if you if your team likes them if you like them but I think that would be a great idea but first they have to get a little bit further down the field yeah. we skip back over Ben Carson though my nigga Big B from the D first of all I want to know why he was sleepy the entire hearing like ask me a question let me sh- let me be Ben Carson ask me a question what is the REO uh REO or like um a cookie or like why does he sound like he's sleep? Because he did not want to be there. No, no, no. He sound <laughs> do you remember him on the debate stage? Yes. Something happened to him. I do not believe that he used to operate on people moving that slow and sounding that crazy. Something happened to him. Maybe he got older. No, it's not just age. It's something happened to his brain. Well, he would know how to fix it. He's a neurosurgeon. But I don't think he knows how to fix it anymore. I, I, I've never known something this. is wrong. I don't care what nobody. Do you remember how you used to blink on the debate stage when during the Republican primary? No, but it, it would be like he would be like, 
It was like he was coming to or something, like snapping out of something. I something felt, is wrong. I felt sorry for Big B from the I didn't game. feel sorry for him. How he was talking to Ayana? Yes, but it's, it's because, I'm going to tell you why, because there's so much tension in the room. You got to think. Because you sound crazy. Even, did you see the one, the video? Sorry, it's my last interruption like this. Joyce Beatty, who is a congresswoman from Ohio, mm-hmm. asked him about Omwi. Omwi is a program. It's the Offices of Minority and Women Inclusion. They okay. stood up for every financial services agency in the government to ensure that people like me and you and women are represented across the board in the financial services sector. I mean, sector. You, you mean black? Black. Okay. He works at HUD where there is an Omwi division where there is supposed to be a director. All she asked him is if he knew what Omwi was. The last hearing, he didn't know what Omwi was. This time, he didn't know if there's a director or not. So she's like, give me the name of the director and let me know how you're working with this person if he don't know who they are he's clearly not working with them well being caught and he's got- so like he was so snide and condescending in his quiet high way was he high that that actually shows you that an intelligent person because you're not gonna sit here and act like ben carson isn't a genius he was is he no, still he still is well why doesn't he know anything because he doesn't know anything about that, that uh, being the appointed. director of hud yeah you know what i'm saying he's a genius when he, you sit there and talk to him about operating on brains but we should ask He'll just break it to down see. We should ask him just to see if he still got it. Something is wrong. Nah, he still got it. Nah. But you got to think to his detention. You walk in that room. He, well, so what was you the know everybody in there doesn't like stage. you. I don't remember him on the debate stage. You need to go back and look at these videos. You're going to be like, yo, you're right. I never paid. I promise you, something was like wrong. First of all, you know how whack you got to be to be black and be running for president and black people don't pay you no attention? I never paid him no attention on that stage ever. I can't tell I you. Paid, I used to tweet about it. It was crazy. I, I never, I never did. I just, I just know that that was a hostile environment for him when he was. What was that? What was that? What was that? A uh, what was that hearing called? The one that just passed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, well, it was on housing and urban development. That's why he's there. But I don't know what the specific title was. And a lot of those sisters have just been appointed. Like Queen Maxine got appointed in January, right? No, no time out. Okay. She, she wasn't just appointed. She won her race, her she election, race, and yeah. then as a result, she was she became chair of the financial. I services. met another sister. There's also this is by the way the financial services committee is the only committee. Um, in the entire House of Representatives that has a diversity and inclusion subcommittee. Joyce Beatty, who was I met her. And that's what I... Why do I talk to you? The silver hair. Yes, that's who asked him the question. Yes, that's who asked him the question about Omwi. But I was making jokes with her when I saw her. But that's who asked him the question about Omwi. And she's asking it because she's the chair of that subcommittee. I was messing with her because I was saying to her, I was like, because she was introducing herself, and I was like, oh, you was one of the ones putting pressure on old Ben. Yeah. The other day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. Okay. And she's amazing, brilliant, talented. She's going to kill it on that subcommittee. They're already doing amazing things. But I'm just like, anyway. She told me she just started in January. Yes, as that chair of that subcommittee. The subcommittee's brand new. I think that that was was, was Dr. Ben Carson projecting. On what? Like, it's this thing. It's called, uh, I think it's called psychological projecting or psycho... Coast is projecting, whatever. But it's when you get defensive, mm-hmm. when somebody says something about you that you probably always hear or think about yourself. What did he, what did they say about him that he thought about himself? Oreo. As soon as he heard, Doc, I guarantee you, Ben Carson uh, been getting called an Oreo every day of his life forever. Well, I did tweet when I saw him with that picture, of the, like with the promo for uh-huh. the Oreos. I was like, if there's one cookie, you shouldn't. Never mind. Yeah. Just like if it's one cookie. Yeah. Your ass don't need to pick up. I don't like I don't like when we call people Oreos though. We call I'm, I'm not Oreos. saying that that we should call anybody that, but I'm saying what who what the type of cookie yeah. he should not hold up. Yeah, I can see why you would call Doctor Ben. Carson I would not that. call him that, but he also should not promote it. Nah, he don't know no <laughs> like, better. But I I, I don't like because black people aren't monolithic. So Doctor Ben Carson is still a black man at the end of the day, and one day he'll get his nigga wake up call. 
They'll remind him. Okay, here's where I agree with you. I believe that we can all be skin folk. I don't believe that we're automatically kinfolk. I, I think that. that kinfolk are stripes that are earned. And I feel like he's lost his stripes the further away he gets from Gifted Hands. Did you read Gifted Hands? Never. Man, this dude was like a legend. I saw, I saw some of the movie where he beat his mama with a hammer. Mm. Big B from the D. Anyway, let's Big B be in these this. streets, all right? Let's Big B used to this. throw rocks at people. Big B used to fight. Maybe somebody hit him with a rock. Is that what happened? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm sad. Okay, what else are we supposed to talk about? You don't want to send me the email. Um, Okay, so you always say to me on text or on the phone when we're going back and forth on something, I don't want to fight. But it's after you've picked the fight. The fight has been that's not thir- true. That's the, this that's is a, that's the both his life. No, it's this is actually very honest. Mm-mm. You pick the fight. We go through the whole. I don't pick a fight. I say things, and you want you get upset, and then I have to tell you I don't want to fight. Okay, yes. but it's while after you fought several rounds, you say I don't want to fight. No. Yeah. I put things out there. No. You get it's upset. It's inflammatory. And I, and you, I'm know what, I know you know what? You know what a bomb thrower is. You know how I know when you get mad during text <laughs> when you just reply back. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm done with you. I have a long text trade. You'd be like, okay. (laughs) Okay. And then you call me, and I'd be like, I don't want to fight. No. So, okay. So, now you've acknowledged that you start fights, and then. I don't start fights. Anyway, the point is, what do you don't want to fight about today? (laughs) Oh, we already fought about that goddamn photo shoot. That, the photo, what is, how was that a fight? That wasn't a fight. I just didn't want to do it. Why? I just don't like photo shoots. I hate, I think photo shoots are like the most unnatural thing in the world. Like when you just stand mm-hmm. there and you got to pose and take pictures and they tell you to smile and do this and do that. Like but, I don't even be doing this shit in real life. Like the shit they ask you to do in photo shoots, I don't do in real life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's but I, like, don't, I think that ours, I think that ours was the most authentic photo shoot I've ever had. Yeah. Cause we was just being ourselves. Yes. And I didn't want to be there. And this the guy was just taking pictures. And that's actually, that's actually the best thing. What? Just take the pictures. Yeah, that's what he did. And then the cameraman was somebody I knew that I didn't know was going to be there. <laughs> what? What is wrong? Listen, this is the problem in my life. I got so many homegirls. Yeah. And, like, they, like, my sisters and my nieces, and I, I love them. And it's like when they date these guys, I can't I'm, I can't be a hater and, like, say I don't like him. Because I, I didn't dislike this dude at all. I thought he was... I like him. I like him too. I thought he was cool. But then it's like, what happened? When you when you do break my sister's heart... This is not my heart. He's no, talking not her, about. Yeah, it's another sister. Another sister. When I hear... I got, first, I got to hear about all the love that you're in. Then I got to hear about the breakup. Mm-hmm. And this was a serious one. Like, yeah. Homie was at my wedding. You know what I'm saying? So it's now you like, feel some kind of way about this because you tell it, like, you telling it all. We ain't gonna be able to give him no photo credit on no, the picture. I don't. I really, I honestly, truly don't feel a way about it at all because I understand men are gonna be men. And well, and this is not even why you didn't want to do the photo shoot. You didn't want to do the photo shoot because you didn't think that we needed pictures. That is very true. But I think we did need pictures. Not for a podcast. Yes, we do. Really? Yeah, I think we, I think this podcast is going to be fantastic. Really? And yeah, and we're going to promote. I hate you. Why are we doing this? I quit. I'm asking what you said. I'm asking really. Yeah, like I think it's gonna, I think it's great because it's really like how we talk. Okay. So it's just inside baseball, basically, to our our natural regular conversation. Yeah, but I also think like. We should share it, and we should promote it, and we can use pictures to do that. Don't you think it's weird, though, when you got a friend 
and they was dating oh somebody. Oh my God, what happened, God? When you got a friend and they was dating somebody and they was real serious. I'm and trying then, like, to get you out of this. And then the last time I saw the person, the he tried to explain. He's like, yo, let me, I want to talk to you. I want to explain. You I'm like, bro, you don't got to explain nothing to me. You don't feel a little bad about telling all this business right now? No. What is <laughs> Not even a little bit. No. You need to call her and see if she's okay with this. I see. I'm not, when I got stuff on my, I ain't say her name or his name. When I got stuff on my mind, it's gonna be. It'll just be sitting credits. there on my mind. Like I gotta, I gotta get it out. Okay, well, get it out. Let it out. So I'm you let, that's what my therapist say. Allow yourself time to feel. So I'm just feeling this that's right true. now. That's true. And you I don't can... have. A, I really don't have a problem. So with So then homie. let's talk about how you feel. Not, okay. all, not all the circumstances. It just always feels awkward because that's my sister, mm-hmm. and I don't know how she would feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I did not know that this happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, yo, what's up, man? What's up? But, but I don't know. Would I be... Ch- I would probably still be chummy if she was around. Yeah. But she's like, I don't rock with him. I'm like, all right. I know you would because it's people I can't stand and you're nice to them and I'd be mad because when somebody's mean to you, I'd be ready to fight. You do not have my back the same way. I'm sorry, Paris Denard. <gasps> I didn't mean to shake your hand. Oh, I'm not talking about Paris. <laughs> I've never met Paris in my life. I don't what mind. are you talking I about? I don't know. There are people. That is not true. Uh-huh. There's somebody you said called me the B word on a thing the other day, and you nice to him still. I mean, we're cordial. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, my yeah, problem yeah, yeah, yeah. with you right there. I would not be cordial to somebody that called you the B word. I understand. Yeah. I get it. That's, I don't see him like that, though. I don't care. But we'll, we'll, we'll have a conversation when we see each other. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, what else do we want to talk about? You have the docket. I know, but you keep throwing it off. Like, we were supposed to just now talk about something you didn't want to fight about, and instead of not fighting, you decided to have your venting session. Okay, talk to me. Um, I want to talk about why you get on my nerves sometimes. All right. Um, I feel like you don't listen. Like, when we were walking in here today, hello? This is what Okay, let's talk about something else because I'm about to throw my whole notebook at you. Whatever. You guys, this is so disrespectful. Do you know when we were walking in here, I asked you 10 times where Paige was and you didn't hear me any other time? I didn't know what Paige was. No, but you literally, at the on the last one, you were like, I don't know. But I asked you, t- I was like, where's Paige? Where's Paige? Lenard, where's Paige? Where's Paige? And you just not, you didn't even hear me. I- I don't even know how you Can you, you work re- on that? I don't even know how you want me to reply to that. Just I didn't hear you. Why couldn't I, I? I probably just did not honestly hear you. I didn't hear you. That's inexcusable. I was Because I was right behind you. I, I'm 40 years old. Maybe my hearing's gone. No, I didn't hear you. Not, I don't know what you want me to say. Taylor was not. talking to me in one ear. Somebody else talking. We're in the radio station. Music is playing. It's a lot going on. I was not paying attention. There's no music playing right here. Well, now we're talking. We're talking to each other. No, there's no music playing right I here. Walking listening up. to you right now. Anything else? This is rude. Anyway, right, but why? But why? Why did that get on your nerves? That because it's there's to me. Like honestly, this might be a, this may be an emotional trigger. So here's a okay. therapist moment. I think there's nothing worse than not being heard. Angela, right? Everybody hears you. No, no, you, we just give the whole no, no, example. No, 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 no. I guarantee you, you've been loud your whole life. Oh, now, can, oh, oh that's <laughs> what we're doing. You, you got your nerve. You got your nerve. Listen, but, I can guarantee but, but, you that you've but, been loud your whole but life. Why have I been loud my whole life? Because I don't feel you want to be heard. But people hear you. <laughs> I think that's the thing. That's the insecurity within I you. I just said it's a trigger. Like there's, I feel like you're not listening. Where was the moment that you spoke out? <laughs> Probably my dad. <laughs> you thought you were saying something that was so prolific and so profound, and nobody paid you attention. When was that first moment? Happen? Oh, I don't know. 
know about that. But I can tell you when I was like little and my dad would be watching TV and I'd be like, daddy, 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 daddy. And I'd go stand in front of the TV. <laughs> and he was like, what? Or I was slapping the middle of the paper when he was reading the paper. <laughs> First of all, I can tell you right now you was fucking up Papa Rod's high. All right. You were blowing his high. What is wrong with you? I know that's what it was. No, he was. He, I think he really like learned to tune me up. I don't think kids. I don't think people understand when you're a parent and like you've been <laughs> gone all day and you're just trying to sit down and like, you know, just decompress from the day. But your kids be excited to see you. I when you know get that. Home. I'm not ready. That's a different level of turn up. You got to think I, you're at work all day <laughs> and then you get to the house and you think you can turn down. But then here the kids come and now you got to go into daddy mm-hmm. mode. That's a whole different level of turn up. Well, it's like sometimes um, you just want to cool out. How old were you when this was happening? Uh, Probably till at least I was 10. I, so I did from age one to 10? Probably, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when he used to tell, he would tell me, he was like, Angela, don't walk in front of that TV no more. So then I would crawl in front of it. <laughs> See, and I, my, I'm, I, like my oldest daughter is 10 and she is at that point where she likes to do her own thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She talks to me when she wants to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then she goes about her business. But see, one day, you guys get sad when we get older. And then... I love talking to my daughters. But I'm saying, if when they, when you're not trying to pay attention, because the turn up is on a whole other level. Well, no, that's you have to be intentional with the attention. Like, you have to, like, when you at the crib with the kids, you got to turn off everything. And you got to just, like, really, really focus. But the truth of the matter is, it's just like anything else. You have to put yourself in that mind state of focusing yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I may not really be there. Like, it's a... It's like, a, mentally, it's a, Yeah, it's there. a full-time job to be an intentional You know parent. what I was going to ask you about? Because you're already 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't worry. October, right around the corner, I know, that's, but that's my okay. question. It's not shade. <laughs> October, right around the corner for oh you. Oh, my God. All right? Are you sensitive about it? Cause no, I love it. I actually do love being... Okay, but I, I have a question about it. Mm-hmm. This week, I felt like I was in a fog. I told you this. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a fog... Is, is that something that happens to you closer to 40? I just think you should get your ponytail out your eye. That's all it My is. ponytail's not in my eye, and I haven't had this all week. I just got it today. And well, Okay, you was in a fog. I just felt like in a fog about everything, personally, spiritually, professionally. I just felt like everything felt foggy. Mm. It felt, like, confusing and not clear. And I'm always super clear, and, you know, it just felt... I don't know. It felt weird. What was causing the fog? I don't know. That's why I asked. Is it something. something closer to being forty? You're gonna no. You're gonna. I, it has to be something. Like but, it had to be something specific that had you in a fog. Like what? What was you thinking about that no, wasn't every, so clear? Every, nothing was clear. That's what I'm, my whole point is. Like I'm normally like super. You was on TV this week. Uh huh. So you was on TV this week giving out POV in a fog. I mean, I'm not about every single moment, that's, that's but I'm saying I mean. generally, I felt like, you know, overall career stuff felt foggy. I felt like overall personal stuff felt foggy. Are you where you want to be in life? No, I feel like there's a lot I want to get done. And I feel like I feel that pressure too. like there's a like a time crunch. Like I need I need to do a lot of stuff. Like we've been even talking about like what the is time. Oh, my God. No, I'm being honest. What no, is time? I know. But like that's still, we're not here forever. Not in these physical bodies forever. You're here for the time that God wants you to be here. Yeah. So as long as you're making the most of it, then what's the problem? I'm going to tell you something else. Are you appreciative of what it is you're actually doing? And I tell you this all the time. No, I don't. And I I think I do need to work on that. I think that part of the fog this week is it wasn't wasn't like an ingratitude week for me. It was a grumble week. It was like, you know, no matter what I did, I felt like, Somebody was mad, or somebody was frustrated, or Welcome somebody to my was world. 
First of all, I don't feel very like you being very empathetic right now. <laughs> I am I'm being very <laughs> Welcome empathetic. Welcome to my, I'm my world. You, you know you can't please everybody. No, I know, I tell you but this all the time. I know that and I'm not really generally a people pleaser, but there are some groups of people that hit harder than others. So there's that. There's I am appreciative of where I am, but I feel like there's a lot more that I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like there's a lot more that I could be doing to train other young people. We have a lot of interns. You're doing that. Though. I feel like I'm not talking and connecting the interns enough. You're doing all of that. Like you're one of my doing... interns just graduated though, and he's debt free thanks to Robert Smith. Oh, you graduated he went from to Morehouse. Morehouse. Steven Anderson, shout out Steven Anderson. You know, I, I want to go back to you know you being in the fall, but okay. I do want to talk about that real quick since you mentioned it. Somebody said to me that um, I think you sent me the article. The article. The lady was like, "Should parents who saved." Is this fair to parents who saved money? Like, that's a GTFOH moment for real. Like, please yeah. get out of here. Who does that? Can you imagine I, if I got my student loans paid off and you went to college and you saved and you paid all your college tuition up front? Would you be mad if my if my debt got cleared? I don't think yeah. you would. No, you would I, I wouldn't be mad that your debt got cleared. I'd be mad that mine didn't. But you paid it. You had the, the means to pay it. Yeah, but she said parents who saved. But I'm saying they had the means to pay. Oh yeah, it. yeah, it doesn't matter as long as you're. Yeah, it got paid. But I'm, way. yeah, Either so why would you be debt. mad? Yeah, I didn't understand. I didn't understand the logic. But of that, you just that said article. you would be mad. No, no, I was thinking of something else. Oh. I was thinking that if I was <laughs> in that situation where I saw somebody else get their debt paid. Oh, and you had debt and, still. And I too. had debt. Got it. I would definitely feel away. Like so, you like all the Spelman girls? Like you mad? Yes. I mean, that, that's a natural. By the way, anybody out there that feels like that, that's a natural emotion. Yes, you would want that blessing. But can't why you, wouldn't you want that blessing? Why wouldn't you want that to be? But you? desiring the blessing and envying someone else is different. I think it's there's a slight shift in it. Like, can you say, you know? God, I thank you that these people had this amazing opportunity and blessing. God, can you please bless me with the same opportunity? I think, I think, I think, I think it's a gumbo of emotion. I think if you feel all those things, that's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I, I think the biggest thing but that But do we, you have to sit in it? Like, how long do you no, sit in that, it? No, that, and that's, that's the, point. the part. Yeah. And, that, and that's what hinders us. What hinders us is that we think we're supposed to feel certain ways at certain times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You see something good happen to somebody and you think— you might and your first reaction might be like shit why that wasn't me mm-hmm. and then the next reaction might be like man god bless that person mm-hmm. or the first reaction might be man god bless that person but then it might be shit why wasn't that me mm-hmm. and we're supposed to just express the god bless like mm-hmm. if you feel the other thing it's okay to feel that that don't make you a hater that don't make you jealous envious it's just a natural emotion so then at what point do you become a hater because there are haters you become a hater when you say fuck them they don't deserve that you become a hater when you say, why is it? judgmental, you, too. You become a hater when you say, why isn't that me? And you don't give that person no props and no respect. Mm-hmm. Or you just have a bunch of needless criticism, like that person who wrote that article saying, you know, what about the families that saved? What about them? But I think the <laughs> other part, too, is at some point it's healthy to get to a place of acceptance. Like the asking the question of why wasn't that me is fine. But if you stay perpetually asking that, one, it demonstrates that you're having an inability and a challenge to move out of victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Like that was not for you can you accept that it wasn't your blessing that's my point that's somebody else's blessing that's like, my point like like god has your blessing coming that's why i always use the analogy of the christmas tree it's like everybody in the world is god's child mm-hmm. it's a gift under that tree that can change your life and everybody has their own individual gift 
But you just got to be patient until you find yours. You know how long that would take? I was like, where is this going with the Christmas tree? But I just got it. You saying it's a, a, Christmas, a gift under the tree for you. But for everybody yeah, in the it. world. Yeah. Everybody. But you just got to be patient enough to find it. And think about how frustrated you would be watching everybody else get, get they, open their gifts first. Mm-hmm. Even though you know yours is under, under there. But some people find it first. You know, and, and you're still searching. And that's you know, just the way life you know, is. You know one person who I wouldn't be mad at being envious right now? If, um Harriet Tubman. Because do you think she might be wondering why is Andrew Jackson still on the $20 bill and I ain't going to be Tubman on ain't it? tripping off y'all niggas. Yes, she is. Harriet Tubman earned her right on that $20 bill. Why would they leave the dude on there who was a slave owner, an abuser, a Native American killer? He's not the only slave owner on money. Every single I agree one, with that, but we were going to we were gonna finally replace one. And this was like another thing to undo something from the Obama administration. It's like, I'm, I I cannot stand these Why didn't people. Obama push that through when he was in phase? Because it still, it has to take time. It takes time to change currency. And it was supposed to be changed and implemented, I think, this year or last year. And 20, they, they it postponed it. Or 2021. I thought it was. You're right. It was 2020 because it was supposed to be the same time as women's suffrage. You're right. Man, Harriet ain't tripping off y'all. But I'm saying. I'm, Harriet would not want us to be outraged over something like that. She wouldn't. I'm outraged. Harriet would have shot most of y'all you niggas know, anyway. Why did you just say y'all? She wouldn't have shot me. <laughs> I, this is this is this is the part. Now this is the thing that gets on my nerves about you. No, no, no. For real. Most how many times? Okay. How many times do we have this conversation where you stay talking about y'all? Yes. And you include me in it. It makes me so mad when you do that. Most of y'all that are outraged over Harriet Tubman not being on the twenty dollar bill. Harriet Tubman would have shot most of y'all niggas. Y'all, who's listening? Who? Who are you talking to? Just some y'all. Just some y'all. Not, out you're there. not, not talking you. to me. I would have said you. No, you just said y'all. Y'all. Y'all is you all. I don't. By the way, I'm not even like that. To me, that's so. That's like such a, a, a silly argument to have. No, it's not. Like, here's my thing. This is this like, is no. Let me just tell you why I take issue with this. Having a black woman on our currency that we see all of the time is important. It is an important symbol. It is just as important as having a Martin Luther King monument on the Washington Mall. It is just as important as having a National Museum for African-American history and culture. It's just as as important as young girls playing with black dolls. Mm -hmm. It's just as like I can go on as having black people on the big screen. It's super significant because it's a symbol. We don't have anybody black on money. Listen, nobody. I, I agree with you, but I think I. I am really at the point in my life where I am tired of symbols. I really am. Mm-mm. I really am. I think I'm not saying I that's think, enough. I think, I, think, I think we live in an era where it's too many symbols and not enough substance. Where's, think, where are the symbols? It's plenty of symbols. Where? People are always just creating symbols. Like we look at Barack where? Obama as a symbol. That's not a symbol. He's a human. And but, he was the first black but, president. But they do look at him as a symbol. Who also should probably be on money. But they look at him as a symbol of change. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel he, like he represents I, change, like even, sure, but he, I'm saying as actual symbol. I just think that even when we have these conversations about diversity and everything else, that is great. But I want people that are actually in these positions that are more than just symbols. I want them in there actually shaking shit up. I think. Actually changing I think. Things. I think that many of the people you're calling symbolic did. One of those is Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman is amazing. Yes. But all I'm saying is having Harriet Tubman on money ain't really going to change it. It's just going to make us feel good. I think that we need to feel good too in order y'all to change stuff. Think- Stop <laughs> saying y'all. That's what I'm saying right there. I can't stand oh, when you do that. All right. All I'm saying is that's the problem. We always feeling good. No, we're not. Like, we need to go do no, some we're work. not. Who's feeling good right now? Black people. Why? Exactly. They not feeling the fuck good. We got to celebrate. That's my point. <laughs> that's, yes, wait, that's my whole point. Are what are we have to celebrate right me? now? No, my point is. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're not feeling good right now. We need to have some things so we feel good. Feeling good meaning being empowered enough to change some things, recognizing that if we keep up a fight in a certain way, we will change things. Now, I think it would be dope if they had Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill and, like, that's all the money we used in the black community. Yeah, like, but you know dope. what? Like, we only gave each other that twenty dollar bills? Yes. I mean, I, that, it'd that be would fucked be up when we need change. But I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> when shit costs $20, $100, when shit is even numbers, boom. But, you, but so, which side are you on? Are you just confused? No, I, I, I think it's dope, but I mean, it don't mean anything to me. It does mean something. Here's the, here's the biggest... I feel, wait, like wait, wait, wait. I, I feel like that's seeking white validation. No, it's not. Because a black man decided to do that, and they're undermining that part of his legacy, and it, it happens to be with a black woman. And let me tell you one more thing. The other thing that's really trifling about it is Donald Trump when he was running for president was asked this question if he was going to keep Harriet Tubman on the 20 he was like I don't know if we should remove Andrew Jackson he's a great American hero she should probably be on the $2 bill when last time you saw a $2 bill that's malicious my dude Steve he's a lawyer $2 bill he passes him out all the time Steve gonna be the only one with Harriet why they don't do both my point is they're not trying to do both. Any way they can undermine black validation and power, they're going to strip that from us. And you're saying it's just a symbol, but, but I'm telling you it's so much greater than that. But that's my point. That's why I say it feels like we're seeking white validation because our our, we don't our, run our, this. our, our feeling good is based on whether or not they put Harry Tubman no, on a $20 bill? No, it's not. But our feeling good is based on whether or not we see ourselves represented in positions of power and in places that matter. I, Money is one of those places. I feel what you're saying, but I, I, I already feel like I'm a black man. So I feel like I'm a god. I feel like you're a goddess. I don't need those white people to make me feel anyway. I'm not asking and I don't need for them, white I don't need people them to, to do, do anything. I don't need them I'm to do saying things don't, like, at least don't undermine things that were done by the last black president to make sure that we're represented. In why he didn't place. push it through? I don't think you understand that it takes a certain amount of time for the currency to shift. And the amount of time that it was going to take would go beyond his administration. He should have started when he got in in 08. <sighs> You should have started from the beginning. Barack should have came in there black as shit from the beginning. I actually don't agree, disagree with that. Yes. I agree with that. Like, don't I wait until the next administration. But I don't something. think, I don't, honestly, I don't think that, here's what I think happened. I think that um, when he came in, um, Democrats were already in power. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, he, him, and the Democratic Congress took for granted they had that power. Now, that doesn't mean they were lazy. That was the most robust and active legislative period in, like, in, I think in history, but definitely in modern history. Um, they passed a lot, but they put, they put all of their efforts on health care. Mm. Um, it's one that it matters to our community. When you think about the reasons why black folks go broke, that's definitely one of the biggest drivers. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think that initially the conversation was like, well, let's do all of these things that would, you know, help all of these communities. And then we'll do the blacker stuff second term. I don't think he ever said that, but I think that's what many of us all believed. And How many times did you go to the White House? That's, I don't know, a good amount. For what? Um, meetings. I had meetings when I was the Congressional Black Caucus Executive Director mm -hmm. there um, for events. Because that's what it seemed like all I saw. What? It was a bunch of events. No, but I went to meetings, too. Okay. Yeah, and we asked them to do things. Some of the things they did with us, some of them they didn't. Do you feel like black people asked for enough when Barack no, was I in don't. office? No, I don't. I think that we expected the black president to be a black advocate. Was that expectation wrong? No. 
But I think that we should have never placed all of those eggs in a presidential basket. I think in every administration, you should have advocates. And we should never expect anyone, just because they look like us, to do all of our bidding. We should we should absolutely continue to do our own bidding. I agree. Do you think people are truly— Democrat, understand? Republican, Independent— and on that, every level, state, local, federal, we should always be advocating for what's in our best with interest. With that said, do you think people truly understand democracy? I think that we truly don't have a democracy. Really? I don't. I, let me just give you an example. I was telling, I don't remember where I was. It might have been on Talib's podcast. Mm-hmm. But I was saying that um, my dad, my dad was, a, was super active in fighting against apartheid in South Africa. And when Nelson Mandela was released for prison and then when he subsequently won the election for the ANC and became the president, um, my dad got this poster and it was every political party they had in South Africa. And you like it's like 20 political parties, folks that were just focused on, you know, being super pro black, like they would be our version of like reparations. We're going to start our own black community, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then there were other folks who like just focused on sports. You know, other folks that were just labor, like labor rights, labor wages, labor conditions. Like it was a and I looked at it and I was like, man, we do not have that here. It's like you have to get in where you fit in in two political parties. And maybe if you want to go rogue, be independent. But the independents and the Green Party and the libertarians, those aren't real parties. There's no real meat there. Mm -hmm. And so I would say a two party system is not reflective of a true democracy, democracy. And I think we're seeing just how threatened and fragile it can be with with who we have in the White House right now. That's interesting. You said that um, because I I never thought about it like that. I Mm -hmm. look at the democracy as just being people demanding things from their government officials. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if we do a good enough job of doing that. I think that's just political advocacy. A political advocacy? Yeah, I I think that, I think what you're talking about is um, we're, we the people pay the elected officials. Yes. So we're, we're holding them accountable to do their jobs that we pay them to do. Right. I think that's a part of democracy that we have that right and that ability. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, there's something else to be said for um, a full representation and an opportunity for all ideas to be heard. Imagine if we had a United States Congress where it wasn't just two parties. There were five or six or ten and people could align and figure out how to really compromise and get on the same page because everybody, to your point, even about the Democratic primary, everybody has good ideas or there are several good ideas in a bunch of different spaces. What happens if we put all those together? And I think that, you know, when it comes to those government officials, like I think they get caught up in their own echo chambers. And I think that's because Absolutely. I think that's because you don't have regular people engaging with them to tell them, like, this is what we really want yeah. in our communities. You know what I I'm feel saying? like the only person, well, I won't say the only person, but one of the very few people in Congress right now that is like an everyday person is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And people oh, yeah. are like shocked that she's doing so well. And I'm like, how? Like she acts, she was just a waitress. Like she understands people, common folks. Yes, like community. that is so important. Like it is so important. And I'm like, I think she's a superstar. I don't agree with everything she does or her tactics, but I respect the hell out of it that is genuine and authentic. Like I, re- like when we went to, we went visited Capitol Hill this week. And- I wish she would stop trying to run people against my former bosses though. She just like she's getting candidates in other communities to run against some very good members of Congress. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Well, maybe she don't think they're very good members of Congress. I think that's unfortunate because she could probably get a lot further. She understands what their positions are. Maybe she could even go to their districts and help them give them more courage. Why don't you pick up the phone and tell her that? I would love to. You don't talk to AOC? Mm-mm. Really? Yeah. I would think all beige people in um, the don't Democratic start. Party need to stick together. Don't start. I'm not beige. Yes, you are. You the color car, cornbread. Caramel. Why y'all don't talk? 
I just don't know her. I would love to talk you to her. You never met AOC? Mm-mm. Really? Mm-mm. I talked I, to some of the other Fresh members. One of my favorites is Ayanna Presley. I would think that y'all would be communicating. I feel like I all of y'all are, from, are cut from the same cloth. Y'all got the same kind of disruptive energy. Yeah, I um, I like her. I don't know her. But Have you I'll, reached I'll, out to her? I haven't, but I will. Really? Yeah. I will. I, I'm gonna. I want to do it like a sit down conversation with um some of the freshman women because I respect them a lot. Ilhan, Ilhan is a boss. That's the Muslim Muslim Muslim, Muslim woman from um from uh, Trump Minnesota. Hates. He he don't Trump like keep, any women. Trump keep trying to put a target on that young lady's head. I know. Which I don't he, understand. That's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Okay. But no, I was saying yeah, we was on Capitol Hill and like. Oh yeah, talk about that. You should tell people what you were doing. We were um. We were advocating like, for Opportunity Zone legislation. What is Opportunity Zones? Or what are Opportunity Zones? Hold on. I don't want to misquote. No, I don't want to misquote. I want to be, be accurate with this. It's, it's, uh, it's in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the greatest presidents of all time, Donald Trump. <laughs> don't uh, say that. He did a tax Please, reform don't law say that. that authorized Opportunity Zones. A tax zones. reform law that's going to drag most of you and hurt your pockets. But this one good Opportunity yeah, Zone. If, if you invest in one of these zones directly or through an opportunity fund, you get a tax break on the profits. And if you hold it for 10 years, you owe no taxes on it. And that is... And, and, and it's usually in the hood. The, so there's... Economically zip, distressed communities. Very good. Yes. Um, zip codes that are in economically distru- distressed communities. Yes. Yes. And you were advocating for them with... My man Clifford T.I. Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man David Gross. And uh, my man Marquise... Um, I want to get Marquise's exact title. Harris, right. isn't his last name here? Yes, but he had a title. Is that his last name, or did I just give him Marquise, T.I.'s last name? Marquise, no. It's Harris' son. Oh, it is? If I'm not mistaken. No, let's check this out. Yeah, Marquise Harrison Dawson. Oh, he, Dawson, Dawson. Yes, he is an incumbent member of the Los Angeles Council. City, City Council. And the reason I think that, you know, this is so great is because— this is an opportunity for us to really gentrify our own hoods. People think gentrification is a bad word. I think gentrification is historically a bad word. No, displacement. It's, it's, yeah, see, I think, I think gentrification true. and displacement have become synonymous. Yeah, displacement is a bad thing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with gentrification if the person gentrifying the hood is a black person, Let a me, black developer. I don't think that's all the way, always true. What, gentrification? Because if, if, if a black developer comes in and still makes property unaffordable for the com- yeah, people who live that's there. that's the point. Like, you're, you're, when these people come in and your mind state is profit, you're going to end up being a fucked up gentrifier. When okay, your mind state so is listen, up, let's is look at, let's listen to this definition because okay. I didn't want to mistake, misspeak either. Gentrification, the process of renovating and improving a house or district so that it conforms mm-hmm. to middle class, middle class. taste. Yeah. If that, if it's conforming to middle class taste and the price is raised to middle class level so lower income people can no longer live there, that is automatically displacement and that is bad. And well, then, it said this one I really don't like. The process of making a person or activity more refined or polite. That's not what they mean, but I think that, yeah, they, I like that, that. they could apply that to but that's neighborhoods. Why you just, that's, that's why you problem. make affordable housing. Yeah, but I'm saying it also shouldn't be like, oh, we're gonna make, you know, we about to build five hundred units and these five are gonna be affordable. You're still displacing probably four hundred and ninety five people or families. I think the I get what you're saying, but yeah. I think I think when you go in as somebody who cares about the community, you have to go in with the mindset of, I'm going to make something nice and affordable for my people to live in. I think your, intention, your yeah. intention has, has to, to be, be right. I'm not trying to push these people out. That's right. I'm just trying to give them that. something better to live in. I agree with that. But the black, a black developer needs to have that mindset, too. Yes. Yeah. But that's it, the point. It's not I mean, okay just because it's a black developer. I'm not even thinking about the white people. 
Yeah. I'm thinking about guys like myself. I'm thinking about guys like T.I. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about guys like David Gross. I'm thinking about brothers like Nipsey because Nipsey yeah. is the person who started our opportunity. And our opportunity is a fund mm-hmm. to do just that, to make sure that this legislation directly impacts the people. And like I mm-hmm. said during the meeting uh, in Capitol Hill, I said, yo, if this legislation does not directly impact the 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 citizens mm-hmm. of this opportunity zone it's a failed legislation yeah it don't matter if it's a bunch of rich negroes going there buy up all the property and we get richer if we're not directly impacting those people and those people end up having to get displaced because we done made these places too uh too too, too affordable for them that's not that's a failed legislation the other piece of the opportunity zone is also like the businesses that you're creating in those yes i want to have like think about it you go in the hood right now you got liquor stores Chicken shacks or the damn payday lenders, the like check the cash check cashes. Yeah. Yo, why not? I want mental wellness centers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want juice bars. But places where are the people who live in those communities can work in that same yes, community absolutely. and give back. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, everybody that was there on Capitol Hill is already doing that. Ti's already doing that in ATL. Yeah. Yeah. David's doing that in LA. I'm doing that in South Carolina. I'm going on a tour of the Opportunity Zone in Newark next week just to see what I can what I can grab up. I'm doing the same thing in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. And I had no idea that the legislation was led by uh Tim Scott, mm-hmm. who's a, a re- black Republican senator but every from now South and Carolina. Then, and every now and then Tim Scott really does some good things. Yes. Like every now and then he, I didn't know he had, I didn't know he was behind the black farmer legislation. And and what black farmer legislation? Black farmer legislation Which, where they got this money allocated Wait, wait, wait. Pickford, the Pickford settlement? I don't know. Legislation. No, 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 it's not. Pickford is a... Anyway, the black farmer legislation has been worked on for several years by Congressman Benny Gordon Thompson from Mississippi and Jim Clyburn from South Carolina. So Tim Scott is newer to that. I'm sure that he's done something to help strengthen yeah, it. Yeah, he just pushed something, to, yeah. he pushed something through because Wax has been trying to get that goddamn grant for the longest, but they wouldn't grant it to him. But mm-hmm. what Tim Scott did is, is for... If you have... Like in South Carolina, a lot of people have heirs property. Like yeah. I own a lot of heirs property in South mm-hmm. Carolina. Heirs property is this property that's been passed on throughout generations and generations so it's a lot of different people's names on it. So when mm-hmm. you have this land, you can't really build a farm on it because if you try to build a farm on it, you can't get a farmer's number. Mm-hmm. If you can't get a farmer's number, then you're not eligible for grants and none of that other stuff mm-hmm. like that. So what Tim did was he made it possible for people who have this heirs property to be able to get farmer's numbers, which is way bigger than people may, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. may even realize. Yeah. You know? No, that makes sense. Okay. Well, I don't know specifically. I thought you were talking about and, and, I, and I think environment, you know, you know, I'm big on the mental health part mm-hmm. of it. I think your environment has a lot to do with your mental health. Of course it does. You know what I'm saying? The what you're eating yes. directly ties into how healthy you are physically and mentally. Yes. So if you yeah. create the kind of environment where people feel like they're thriving mm-hmm. instead of scratching and surviving, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That, that right there can eliminate a lot of the, the, the psychological, you know, mishaps that we've had throughout our life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, like or at the, least help mend the trauma. That's all. Just yeah. a little bit. And that's, that, listen, when I talk about healing, that's part of the healing process. We got to heal the hood ourselves. Like, we have the ability to do these things. But part of we healing the hood— We have the capital the hood, to do these things. Part of healing the hood is also about healing um, our—the ways in which we look at ourselves. It's about repairing and getting rid of slave mentality. And part of the ways in which we do that are being, like, singularly focused on shifting where we are mentally— and spiritually, and, and, but, and I'm, the, but I'm not saying that the the, mon- the monetary pieces and like making sure we're giving back to the community doesn't help. That I'm just saying it's a I holistic approach. I feel like it does approach. shift mentally though. Like you talking about yeah. Harriet Tubman being on a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, it's the same thing. 
Oh, so now you support that. I'm just saying, but it's the same thing. That white validation to have Harriet Tubman on the 20. This is definitely not white validation. We're just taking advantage of white legislation that was pushed through by a black man. (laughs) The same thing, except for it was a black president who pushed a rule through the administration. Yeah. It's through treasury, it's the same thing. But I just you I, stay I, arguing in circles, and I get everybody's point. Like we, you know, uh, you know, Senator Clyburn, he's not, he's a, he's the, not a senator, no, congressman, he's congressman the majority Clyburn. whip, yeah, in the House of Representatives. He don't like opportunities on legislation. Mm. He's not for it at all because he, he has, feels like it's just a, a it just makes it easier for white people to come and gentrify our hood, which is which he's not wrong about, and that's why you all were up there advocating to make sure that people who are from those communities are benefiting from this. Otherwise, it's gonna he's right. And the one thing that he I don't know if he talked to you guys about this at all, but he's been pushing he for only years. Had two minutes before he had to get back on the floor. Oh, I got two minutes. Well, he didn't. Pro- he probably really meant that. I they love Congressman Clyburn. He but old. 10, he ain't 20, got time 10, for bullshit. No, but it, I don't think he thought it was BS. I think he, anyway. Ten twenty thirties. Um, ten twenty thirty is a plan he's been pushing for a long time that would have a very similar effect and target in economically distressed communities. I think one of the common criticisms has been that it will overwhelmingly help Republican con- congressional districts because they have a lot, of, a ton of poor. Um, districts that meet the criteria that he pushes. So that's just another thing. And I think historically, I remember Mr. Rangel and Mr. Clyburn before Mr. Rangel retired going back and forth on empowerment zones, which was another kind of concept, but that's that what, targeted more urban areas. But no, that's what Congressman Clyburn was saying. He was like, this ain't, he was like, I've seen this a million times. And he named yeah. the empowerment zone yeah. and all that stuff. But what he hasn't seen is brothers like us. Yeah. Brothers like us who ain't out here, you know, we 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 we've ran, we've we've done all that other stuff. Well, y'all got to get somebody um, black who Donald Trump listens to. Did you think about who that would be to help make sure you could push this through? Yeah, Tim this, Scott clearly. Yeah, I guess that's true. And then um, I think you also have to. Doesn't HUD has a role in this, right? HUD has a role Let me in look this. It up. It I was, think HUD has. I don't, a role. I don't know if HUD has a role in this particular. I legislation. think it is because I'm it's sure. housing and urban development. It's urban. I mean that's the that's the biggest thing for me. We just got to make sure that you know these grants that are going to be given really get to these. People I know that I are saw. I know I was reading about these, and I know I saw something on um, IRS, but that's just for the tax credit portion. Um, we got to bring all of this stuff. We need. We yeah, need, opportunity zones, housing, urban development, council approved right violation ever by streamlining. I'm gonna send you this, um, but it's it was an announcement. I wonder who I wonder I didn't see the whole hearing but I wonder if anybody asked him about opportunity zones in that hearing who Ben Carson Mm -hmm. and he's leading he's leading um, White House Opportunity and Revitalization Council but yep I think we got on this conversation because we were just talking about democracy and I think that even us just being on Capitol Hill having these conversations Mm -hmm. with these senators with these congressmen it helps because we're letting people know what needs to be done. Like when I'm sitting around talking to Tim Ryan, Tim Ryan's introducing me to people like Timothy Scriver, who's the chairman of the Special Olympics. And yeah. all of these people share the same passion that I do for mental health and for having social emotional learning into these schools. Because mm-hmm. I don't care what nobody says. All we have to do as a community is heal. Mm-hmm. Once we heal, sky is the limit. And by but the way, I healing think, is I a think, process. I was just about to say, the pro- and we need, to, we need to be equipping people and ourselves with what that process looks like. Everybody's process isn't identical, mm-hmm. but it's important that you're journeying on one. Like every time, no, I'm not going to go down. Go ahead, what? Well, every time I go on Instagram, like you see just how broken, like we as a people are. Mm-hmm. 
even looking at Twitter and like I, we were talking about this last night in passing once we were reading the Washington Post piece about Robert Smith and like the fact that we will always find a reason to take something positive and turn it negative. Like Robert Smith being a capitalist has to do with him paying off Morehouse student loans for what reason? Like you can't just commend the brother. On, and, and by the way, you're having to survive in this capitalist society. And by the way, you probably have a job in it. And by the way, you probably still pay your bills. And by the way, you probably sent that woke ass text on your phone that you got by paying money in this capitalist society. Being a capitalist, though. I think that I under, I understand. I I know. I think that the point is that hustle a, a customer, baby. A capitalist system has never really worked in our benefit. That is true. That is true. In whose benefit? In ours, especially Black ours, people. especially ours. We've never benefited. Pro- we haven't even been compensated for the things that you know this capitalist society was very much built on our back. So mm-hmm. I get it, but I'm saying. In the meantime, play the game until we know the rules well enough to change it. We're here. Like literally here. Like, like you have like, to just like we're you gotta here. survive. We're sorry, we're African Americans. Why that's you're, something, yeah. That's something that I've had to realize later on in my life. Why would I not teach you? You just advantage? realize you're black? No, I've always oh. known I was black. I'm talking about, I, I just realized I'm American. Oh. I'm being honest. Yeah. Like we have to take advantage of the things that America has here for us to take advantage of. But also, I don't know that they have them here for us to take advantage of, but we still need to figure out how we can take advantage Listen, of them. It may not they be, ain't created for us. It may not be for us. Yeah. It may not be have been created for us, but when we have that information, we can use it for us. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. We have to do this shit for us. Yeah. That's all it boils down to. Robert Smith may be a capitalist, but guess what? He used that capitalist mentality that made him them capitalist billions to pay off $40 million in student and loans from And he's doing Mohawk. way more than that. That's why oh, he yeah, just yeah. got an award from UNCF for all the work that he's doing with Fund to Foundation. Um, I believe that's what it's called, Fund to Foundation. Um, they're doing a ton of really positive things. Like, he really is somebody I really, really respect. And he's been doing that. And so, like you say, he's been doing that. And people, we talk about needless criticism, right? Always yeah. you got to stop needless criticism of your brothers and sisters because jealousy destroys from within. Yeah. Like, they was mad at him because he got a white wife. He deserved one. Just you said he deserved <laughs> <laughs> I just want to I see would, your face. I just, I don't even understand. <laughs> Why that man? You don't think he deserves a white wife? I think that he deserves love wherever he finds love. He was married he to a sister love. before. Yeah. Things didn't work out. And he is entitled to do what he wants to do with his hey, love man. life. Listen. But I think ultimately the point is like, until you are in a position to give back to people in the same way or even and I'm not even talking about at the same revenue level, but until you're really serving the people in that way, like, why are you tearing people down? It's well, just dumb. Well, people are, people can't be self-aware. They don't know how to check themselves because that's what I would have like immediately as soon as that's I saw that. I'd have been like, like when the last time I get somebody $40? Yeah. Forget 40 minutes. When the last time you get somebody for that? When the last time you helped somebody, period? That's what I would yeah. ask myself before I critique somebody like Robert yeah. Smith. That's that's all I, I'd be like. People when were the asking last time me you from somebody? the commencement speeches I did. Well, the, the last one I just did was Texas Southern. And they were like, did you pay off any? And I was like, nah, I just gave them, I paid them with inspiration. Like, that's all I could but do. But I don't want nobody to, listen, I want everybody to act their wage. Yeah. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you, like, whatever you're capable no, of I doing, No, I can't do wait it. to be able to do what Robert did. Yeah, but... Can't but, wait. But, but, but time out. Stop, 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 I want stop, to. Stop. I want to. You're already doing... No, I mean, monetarily. I want to pay off the whole graduating classes thing. I want to save an That's HBCU. a good competition. I'm not mad at that challenge. I'm not, and I'm not even trying to compete. I'm just like, show me how to do that. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, he's yeah. the type of person where he'll be like, no problem. Let me show you how to do it. Listen, Robert is a nigga. Salute what in Robert. the hell? Nah, Robert is my man. All right, man. and Robert, on that note, listen, oh, listen, man. Robert FaceTimed me, so I know he a nigga. 
Yeah, oh my God, Robert! I'm sorry. Guy. He means that in a in a nice <laughs> he way. You know how I mean it. You know how you know. You know why he know I mean that with love? How? Because he's a nigga. Bye, y'all. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye.